You're listening to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A brought to you by Blueprint MCAD. How are you today? Doing very well, thank you. How are you? I'm I'm excited to talk with you um, and find out how I can help you. What's going on? Yes. So uh, I'm a non-traditional medical school applicant. Uh, I graduated a year ago from the College of William & Mary. And it's been a very sort of enlightening year because it was uh, this sort of period of time that I needed to realize that I I think I want to pursue medicine as a career. And um, growing up, I I never really had any exposure to medicine. Mm -hmm. Um, I never had any, you know, inclination that I could possibly become a doctor. And so I finally got a chance to work in healthcare and being hands-on with patients, being surrounded by physicians and seeing sort of their role sort of within a community mm-hmm. was really inspiring. And it, it really motivated me to think about what I wanted to become and what I wanted to do with my life. And um, for as long as I can remember, I've always wanted to give back to my community and I've always wanted to teach and be an educator or a mentor okay. of some kind. And so I saw that a doctor and, and what a doctor brought to medicine was, was largely sort of a unification of all of these roles. And anyway, long story short, it inspired me to pursue medicine. And so now I'm in the application process okay. um, and I'm largely lost as to. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the club. Yes, yes. Um, and I understand that's the overwhelming you know, uh, opinion uh, yeah. among non-traditional medical students. Um, and so I guess I'm just curious, like, what would you recommend as sort of an all encompassing resource for non-traditional medical students who may be struggling to find direction? So the the question is, where's the direction missing? Is it missing? Okay. I'm a non-trad. I realized I want to go to medical school. What next is it? Okay. I'm applying to medical school, but I'm a non-trad where, where in the process is that missing link for you? You think? I guess, I guess for me, I'm so excited. Right. And, and I'm, I sort of like rushed head on in, not knowing what to expect. Yep. And then as I'm rushing in, sort of everything's being thrown in my face all at once. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, I didn't realize that I should have taken the MCAT in May so that mm. I could apply in June. Yeah. And I didn't realize that I needed, there was such a thing as secondaries. I had no idea that was a thing. <laughs> yeah. Right. So Got I, it. I don't know exactly. I just want to be more prepared, I guess. Yeah. Where specifically are you in the process? So uh, I just had to take, so this whole past year, I've been taking courses through University of New England's sort of pre-health sciences. It's yep. a, sort of create your own post back um, because I needed some prerequisites in order to apply to medical school. Yep. I have sort of a subpar undergraduate GPA, sort of complicated, but mm. um, so I wanted to show that I was capable of actually doing well in medical school. Um, so I did that. Now I'm studying for the MCAT. I have my MCAT August 5th okay. and I am essentially done with my uh, ACOMAs or double A comas and AMCAS applications, but I'm just waiting to submit. So, okay. All right. So let's, let's talk a big picture. If, if you weren't submitting, you're new to this process, MapDap, which is the, the software platform that, that I've been working on the last two years is my, my kind of baby now 
is that that's the overarching goal of Mapped is uh, at least Mapped App. So Mapped as the company, we have advising services and all that fun stuff. But Mapped App, the software, is a platform to allow anyone to go create an account and say, hey, I'm planning to start medical school in 2025. And then we have kind of a beta roadmap there right now that says, okay, if you're planning to start medical school in 2025, right, it's not built on freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. It's built on when do you plan on starting medical school, ideally. And some non-trads don't really know that, and we can we can help with that. But if, if you plan to start medical school in 2025, then the roadmap kind of works backwards and says, okay, if you're planning to start medical school in 2025, that means you're applying May, June of 2024, you're hopefully taking the MCAT somewhere kind of September to April 2023 to 2024. You're working on letters of recommendations, personal statement, right? It's all in this roadmap um, as it is right now. And then we'll, we'll have the ability to customize the roadmap with, with your own custom stuff and all that. So, I mean, obviously I've been, I've been creating content for 10 years trying to help students. I have the old pre-meds podcast trying to help students. So, but that's very overwhelming, right? And and I understand that. that there's yeah. 10 years. Where do I start? There, I have like 1,800 <laughs> podcast episodes. Like, where do I start? Uh, my answer is like, started at episode one and <laughs> just go. Yeah. Um, but MapDap really is is the goal uh, for that. And it's it's basically free. Um, they, there is a MapDap Pro that, that students can sign up if they don't have access to an advisor. They can w- use one of our advisors right in, in MapDap. So that's the the big answer. Now let's talk more specifically about you. Okay. So as we're recording this, it's mid-July. Correct. You have AMCAS and ACOMAS done, mm-hmm. but not submitted. And you're yeah. taking the AMCAT in August. I realize there's several disadvantages to this. <laughs> there are. Yeah, let's let's talk about that thought process. Okay. So MCAT in August is late. Can I convince you to just wait and apply next year? I, I, I'm all ears. I'm here. <laughs> You're the expert. <laughs> okay. So really at the end of the day, uh, there's, there's no harm in, in applying late, taking the MCAT late, other than it costs money and time, right? But with medical school admissions, because most medical schools work off of rolling admissions, the later you turn in your application, the later that your application is complete, meaning that MCAT score is back, which for you is going to be sometime in September, then medical schools are starting at that point to finally go, oh, look, there's this new application here that's complete that we can look at. As soon as you submit your application at this point, again, this is mid-July, you'll start to get secondaries back. And so you need to balance as a later applicant submitting your applications, maybe just to just one school, submitting your applications, knowing that secondaries are going to start coming back and taking the MCAT and preparing for the MCAT. And so this is why we always recommend taking the MCAT before application season so you can get it out of the way so that know. applications, which, which take up a massive amount of time, don't get in the way of MCAT prep. And MCAT prep doesn't get in the way of applications. This is like fighting for time, right? Time, time is our limiting factor here. 
Unfortunately, we need to sleep and eat and poop and all that fun stuff. We can't be working on essays and, and MCAT prep all the time at the same time. So you theoretically could submit your applications today. You could play the, the one-trick pony game and, and just apply to one school just to submit. Wait till you get your MCAT score back and then apply to all of the schools that you plan on applying to, assuming your score comes back where you want it to. And in between, when you take the MCAT and when that score comes back, you should be working on secondaries as if you're going to apply to all those schools. If you apply today for AMCAS, again, this is mid-July we're talking, it will probably take five or six weeks for your application to be verified, if not a little bit longer. Which is fine, because you're not taking the AMCAT for a while anyway. It's true. If you apply to a COMIS today, your COMIS application will be verified in less than a week, most likely. Which is fine. Interesting. But you're not going to get your MCAT score back <laughs> until I know, September. I know. So there's really no point. Like it, it, You're kind of stuck in purgatory right now. It's like you, It feels like that. It is. It is. And so I was like, well, what do you do? Right? And so you have two options. You just keep pushing forward and go, you know what? I know this is not the best circumstance, but I'm going to do it anyway. Right? There are people, shocker, that, that apply relate that apply late, take the MCAT late, and still get into medical school. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, toes crossed, everything crossed. Whatever, yeah. whatever you yeah. <laughs> whatever you want. Okay. Right? It's it's a risk benefit equation. And you you know the risks. I just told them to you. The risks yeah. are that you're applying later, your application's completed later. Medical schools may be running out of spots to to invite students for interviews. You may have a good application, but at that point in the cycle, it's not good enough. Whereas a month or two before then, it would have been good enough for an interview. Does a late application say anything about the applicant actually? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. There, I, I stole this uh, saying um, that a late application, so the, the, the medical school application is your first medical school test. And it's an open book test, right? It's open book. You know what you need to do. <laughs> you know. It's an open book test, your first med school test, and applying late is failing your first med school test. That hurts my heart. I need that. That's Thank you. Okay. Now, now I'm curious. Um, so... Obviously, I, I mentioned this earlier on. Um, I have sort of an interesting uh, trend in my GPA. I started off incredibly strong. I was um, a 4.0 student, you know, every semester. Uh, but I had a head injury, and it sort of, you know, it, it was a big bump in the road, obviously. And my GPA from that point on was sort of like, and also, it was also a bumpy road. It was kind of all up, all up, down. It's just crazy. And so I'm curious, you know, in my application, like how do you contextualize that sort of spontaneous GPA trend in light of something that was sort of traumatic? It, not, mm. not, and, and I don't want to, you know, 
like I'm not looking for sympathy, but I am look. I'm I do want to explain like, hey, like this happened. I didn't yeah. want it to happen. Yeah, but. yeah. So there there are a couple ways to go about it. You could insert it into your personal statement and just put it in there. Right. It depends on on whether or not it belongs in there. It depends on your philosophy of a personal statement. But you could put it in there. You could also just wait and hope that medical schools will see that you're academically capable enough, even with a little bit of a rocky road, and let them ask you during an interview. Or the medical school is interested in those types of things, and they ask during a secondary. They'll ask for any sort of anomalies with grades or whatever in in a secondary essay, and you talk about it there. There are other opportunities where it's just kind of, is there anything else you want to tell us about your application? Type secondary prompts. Could be a perfect opportunity there. If you're applying to TMDSAS, TMDSAS has a whole kind of optional essay where it would be a perfect opportunity for that. Um, but th those are the kind of the, the ways to think about where to insert that type of information. Okay. Yeah, because obviously... Um... I, I feel the need to explain it without actually going into detail because it does, I don't want to, you know, I'm not looking for brownie points because I yeah. went through this event, but ultimately it was something that I need to sort of use to explain what happened. Okay. Is it a big um, part of, or any part of why you want to be a doctor? It is. Um, and I, and I did put it into my personal statement. Okay. It's actually, it's actually how I found you was how do I write a personal statement <laughs> um, on my like 12 hour drive back from Massachusetts. Um, and I was like, oh, I, I should have started this a while ago. Um, but yes, it was part of the reason why I wanted to pursue medicine because it was my first exposure to medicine. Really. Yeah. It was through the lens of a patient. Yeah. And I come from such a rural community where everybody's expected to inherit the general store in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it, that, that was very formative. Uh, and it's yeah. the reason why I studied neuroscience and, you know, ultimately... Yeah. So uh, then it, it's a perfect place for your personal statement. Okay. That's that's a big boost to my confidence that that that's going to be work out then. <laughs> so okay, well I I I, I do just I, I want to check out Mapped app. That that sounds really interesting. I I have never talked to a pre-med counselor ever. Mm. Um the one at our college is particularly scary. <laughs> Why? Um I've just heard uh, again, and I don't, I'm not going to say any names. Actually, I don't even know their names, so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> but uh, I, I just, apparently they give very um, harsh and realistic sort of um, expectations. Harsh and realistic or harsh unrealistic? Well, see, I'm not sure. I just, I don't yeah. really know. Yeah. Um, I just know a friend of mine who, you know, was in communication with this pre-med advisor. And he showed them his his MCAT score, and they were like, "That's mildly terrible." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, that's well, a terrible thing to say." I mean, I'm known for being brutally honest, and and yes. it it maybe is mildly terrible. You are, yeah. And so that actually is a good a good question that comes up in my mind as well. I've listened to you and Brian talk about this on the MCAT podcast as well, but it's nice to just talk to you now in person. Um, well, over the web, yep. how, how does a, a 
not a bad GPA, but how does a lower GPA look in light of a good MCAT score? Is it something, is it sort of like a redemptive factor in terms of an application? I I don't like thinking about things with an application in terms of making up for uh, a good MCAT score, making up for a bad GPA, good GPA, making up for a bad MCAT score. Lots of amazing extracurriculars making up for bad stats. Like they are all individual pieces of the pie that all matter. Now, theoretically, depending on if a school uses any sort of rubric to score an application, a high MCAT score can make up for a poor GPA because in their rubric, they could say, hey, a GPA from 2.5 to 3.0 is worth three points. And from 3.0 to 3.2 is worth whatever points. And everything is converted into numbers. And so a higher GPA or higher MCAT score rather gives you more, more numbers, right? More, just, just a higher number. So theoretically, if you want to think about it that way, sure, maybe, but not every school uses rubrics. And, and so I don't, I don't like thinking about it that way. You want the highest GPA possible. You want the highest MCAT score possible, period. And higher always helps, right? There's no 4.0 student where I'm looking at them going, man, you really should have got a 3.9, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, right? Yeah. So it, when, you, when you think about it, it's just you, you have to show academic capability. Whether that 3.2 shows it or a 4.0 shows it, it, it it's a spectrum. A 3.2 with an amazing trend shows academic academic capability to most schools. They'll be like, great. I don't I don't really care about that final number. You've shown a great trend over over time. We're not concerned about your ability. It just depends on the school. And and what is your opinion of this this sort of prevailing, I don't know, a, a feeling that uh a coma's Am I saying that right? Is it double A comas? Double A comas? I say it a comas. Okay, a comas. Yeah. And MCAS. MCAS, yeah. Um, like there's so I hate Reddit, but you go on Reddit <laughs> and you see all of you see all of the people talking about how, you know, it's more competitive to get into an MD school versus a DO school, or yep. it's easier because you're not as good of a student to get into DO school and MD yep. school. And like, how do, I don't know if you know, but how do like these different um, application committees, like do they take any of this into consideration or is there? Do they take what Reddit says into consideration? <laughs> I, I have no idea. It's just, what is the attitude, you know? Well, they're, they're just looking at stats. That's all they're looking at. And when you look at stats, the average matriculant MCAT score for MD schools through AMCAS, TMDSAS is similar, but but different. Average MD for matriculants, M- MCAT score is 511 point something. It's like six or seven or something. The average MCAT score for matriculants to DO schools through Comus is closer to a 504, 505. And so they look at that and they say, ooh, correlation equal, equals causation. It's easier to get into a DO school. Mm-hmm. you don't have to be a, as good of a student. And I think th- they're right in some ways, but they're wrong in other ways. Just because you have a lower MCAT score doesn't mean you're a worse student. It just means you've got a lower MCAT score. <laughs> the MCAT's a beast. 
And, and so historically, DO schools have looked favorably at non-traditional students. Historically, before three, four, four years ago, five years ago now, it's been a while that maybe you don't even know, on the DO application, they used to allow grade replacement. If you took a class, got an F, took the class again, got an A, the DO calculation for your grades wouldn't count the F. And so, exactly. (laughs) And so lawsuits, lawyers, lawyers got in the way. Um, (laughs) So what would happen is you would look at the average GPA for someone going to DO school would be like a lot less than someone going to an MD school. And that's because DO schools had this grade replacement and they would go, hey, we accept you (laughs) because we want people who are going to have those rich histories of resilience and overcoming and all of this, right? Perseverance, whatever. And, And so DO schools historically have looked for something different. They're like, the MD market has the perfect 4.0, 528 student cornered. We're going to look for some other people, right? And that's just kind of the niche that they carved out for themselves as they were gaining popularity. Mm-hmm. And now they're at a point where if you actually look at, and I haven't looked in a couple of years, I should look uh, again. But as of a couple of years ago, technically it was harder to get into DO schools just by acceptance rate right? Number of applicants versus number of acceptances, because there are, there are a lot less DO spots than there are MD spots in this country. Yeah. So is it easier to go to a DO school? I, I don't know. D- define easier. Can you be accepted to a DO school with lower stats? Yeah, I think the data supports that. But that doesn't mean you're a worse student. That just probably means you have some journey behind those stats that maybe the DO schools like a little bit more. Yeah. Okay. That's good. That's thank you. <laughs> yeah. I, I know that you, I've heard anyways, that you look favorably upon uh, non-traditional students. You personally have sauce, sauce bar. I love non-trads. For... <laughs> uh, well, I love non-trads especially <laughs> being one myself. So, um, I, I don't think I have any other questions for you. This has been really helpful um, and just sort of enlightening. And I, I do need to sit down and think about whether or not this year is the right time to apply or maybe if next year is the right time to apply. Yeah. And again, ultimately, it's it's time and money. If If throwing in an application, which will cost some money, is not going to break the bank and and you can you can do that affordability wise then maybe it doesn't hurt to apply because being a reapplicant isn't bad. So okay, that's a good thing it's just know. a pain in the butt. You have to kind of massage right. things and change the personal statement a little and go back to your letter writers and say, hey, can you update? Like, it's just a pain in the butt. But being a reapplicant isn't a bad thing. Okay, that's good to know. I didn't know if reapplying was sort of looked down upon. No, so again... Pre-med students who don't know a lot about statistics, and I don't know a lot about statistics either, but I know not to jump to conclusions. They'll look at the data that the double AMC puts out and show that which shows reapplicant acceptance rates. It's atrocious. It's like 20% or something last last time I saw. So it's really low. 
And so the conclusion that they draw from that is, oh, being a reapplicant is bad. And I go, well, you can't draw that conclusion, right? There are lots of reasons why. You could have the same crappy application being submitted twice from a from a stubborn student going, I have a 2.0 GPA and a 490 MCAT, but holistic review is going to get me in because I'm an awesome person, right? <laughs> you would be super surprised the horrible applications that I see that students submit. Well, your application renovation has been very... Um enlightening as well good good we have we have more awesome series like that coming where uh we'll help people on the front end of an application too so excellent i hope that for my sake i don't have to end up on application <laughs> just don't apply then you won't be on it uh, you're right you're totally right just don't even leave any chances out there yep well good luck um if you do delay the MCAT or because where you're at now, you should be focusing on double AMC full length exams. But if you do delay the MCAT and you haven't checked out the blueprint full length exams, um, check those out. But it sounds like you listened to the podcast already. I am a blueprint uh, advocate. I myself am, I have some of their, their products that are great. They're very awesome. Thank you so much for joining me here on Ask Dr. Gray pre-med Q&A. Did you know that we record these live on Facebook at 3 p.m. Eastern on most weekdays? Search for Medical School HQ on Facebook and like the page to be notified. Don't forget to check out our amazing Facebook group, The Hangout, at medicalschoolhq.net slash group. 